This, 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 this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons. And brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. And by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. Now your hosts, Haley Sutton and Brad Chan. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Cowboys Hour. Thank you very much for those of you who come out to join us at Kane Rosso uh, in the Star District in Frisco. Give yourselves another big round of applause, will you? It's cold outside. Everybody's all bummed out. You know... Maybe the midterms didn't go your way. Who knows? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But uh, we're, we are very happy that the uh, Victory Monday fan club is so adaptable because we, we now have the look ahead to Victory <laughs> Monday, so which could very well be next week. Thank you for coming. Thank you wherever you're listening around the Dallas Cowboys radio network and wherever you are streaming uh, on DallasCowboys.com. And so if you are doing that, you will see that uh, Haley and I are delighted to be joined at the table by Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Always fun. You don't really mean that, though, do you? (laughs) Always fun. Always, Brad. You're just, no, Cooper, you're just being nice, aren't you? You don't really want to do this. Anything for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, um, I I do want to start with this because – Cooper and I were talking a little bit about this several weeks ago uh, before Dak came back, and, um, and your, your uh, personality, which is somewhat reserved. I'm okay on that ground, am I not? No, you're dead okay, right. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> does not seem to be the quintessential uh, barking out leadership instructions quarterback personality. And... Um, I was really uh, appreciative of your willingness to be introspective and your observations about how as um, maybe a high school player, I think you told me, if certainly on into Central Michigan, you had to kind of you had to kind of force yourself to be a little more uh, a little more evocative with your personality. Would you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, you obviously you grow as a person and you grow, you kind of, you know, find your groove, find yourself, what works. Um, but playing the position, yeah, you, just, you always taught at a young age, leadership, verbal, blah, 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 right? And then, uh, you know, you get into it and it's really what you know, how you prepare, and do you perform. And those three things, you know, relate to teammates well. And um, so you kind of just, over the years, got better at it. Um, it's funny, yeah, definitely quiet shy all that stuff but you know when i'm in the huddle and with those with those guys on offense i don't i don't feel um reserved or quiet or shy i think it's just part of the position growing up you learn it you're in command they're all looking at you um for whatever reason um i'm comfortable in that spot when when did you the one thing that you didn't say in there is the necessity to communicate and sometimes to just take charge sometimes say in in essence, you be quiet now. I need to talk now. And maybe sometimes in those words. When did you realize that that was part of the job? Uh, yeah, just in college. You know, you're a young freshman coming in, and there's seniors that play a lot of ball. 
um, older guys that you know been around for a while and when we walk in the huddle they all they all shut up because that's the quarterback you know it's kind of just the way it, football's been forever so it sets it up for you nicely and then uh, you just take charge that's all those guys want to see um, so I remember specifically in college kind of we would do the walkthrough I was a red shirt and we'd do the walkthrough with the old line the other guys would do the seven on seven walkthrough the older guys and I go down and you got Eric Fisher's on that team. I mean, you had some dudes that played a lot of ball, um, and I'm in there calling the plays, barely know what's going on, and O-line coaches yelling, and uh, you just kind of had to learn to take charge, and if you just command it, they respect it. Um, we'll talk more about that later. I just think it's fascinating. I think it's a really interesting character study. But we're, we're uh, um, embarking on the return to Minnesota, your, your first great triumph. Uh, relive last Halloween for us a little bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, uh, it was obviously an awesome night. Um, went up there, got the win, first start. Uh, crazy environment. Um, fun game, came down to the end. Uh, so it'll be fun going back for sure. Excited for that, big week for us as a team. Um, and just looking back, I mean, it's funny. I, I remember almost every play from every snap you ever play in a game. And for whatever reason, a lot of times I just feel like I blacked out. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, that happened. That sequence happened. Uh, you're just kind of so hyper-focused in the moment. It was my first time out there kind of like uh, in the NFL, things like that. So I think I was super just not thinking about anything else and can remember some stuff looking back. But uh, it'll be fun to watch the game again and then, um, you know, kind of get on to them this year and see what they're doing now. Did what, whatever your recollection is of what you were experiencing in the moment emotionally and uh, putting the emotions aside because it was a close game and you had to make plays. Do, do you remember being surprised at how you were feeling about being there in the moment? I was surprised how fast it went. Like, holy cow, it's <laughs> the fourth quarter. Like, it was like, this is already over. <laughs> it's like, you're one game, you get to start, and it's, it's already almost over. Um, I remember that that stood out. Um, but earned that, it was just like you're playing ball again. I mean... Obviously, it's a bigger stage, better players. You're playing against better players. But I always say you're playing with the best players you ever play with in your life. And that was something to kind of, you know, fall back on, you know, ease the nerves and just go execute and play ball with those guys um, who make it easy for you. Knowing that you had that game in your back pocket whenever this year happened and you had to step up for Dak, uh, how much more prepared were, were you to get that start against Cincinnati? Yeah, that was huge. I mean, um, to get the first one out of the way, just get get your feet wet, get experience. I mean, every rep you gain some some type of experience, and um, so to so to do that, you know, use it as confidence, kind of you know, validate yourself that you can go do this, you can go play, um, and try to take that confidence into Cincy. And after that Cincy game, because you just mentioned how fast the Vikings game went, did it feel the same when Cincinnati was all said and done, or did you feel different? Uh, it felt more normal. Like I kind of remember, like you know playing in college and high school and so it didn't feel like oh my gosh it's over already it was more of a normal game normal flow in terms of um you know playing um but that was a fun game we got the win and uh it was exciting at the end again so i was on our flagship station this morning uh i'm, I'm on on uh, the cowboys radio network i'll give a plug sorry to the rest of you around the state and the region uh, 105.3 the fan 105.3, the fan in Dallas-Fort Worth. And they always ask me at the end, do you have a player's show tonight? They know we do. Uh, and I said, yes, uh, we're delighted to have Cooper Rush on tonight. 
And they said, well, you're trying to start a controversy again now? You're gonna, now that they lost a game and now you're going to have... I said, well, do, you, do you think that I, on the plane ride home, I said, here's a good idea. They lost, so let's get Cooper back on right now. Are you amused, um, irritated, wherever it would be along the scale of uh, the reaction as you were going through those four games? of people who said, well, this is the guy who needs to be playing all the time. Forget about Dak, because your relationship with Dak's pretty good. How did, you, how did you feel about all of that as you heard it? And Reg, you can't ignore it. Well, we got to, first of all, we have to stop scheduling. I think I came on after we got shut out last year <laughs> uh, versus Denver. So okay. I think I got a little curse going okay. for this show. But, uh, Duly noted. Yeah. Um, no, it was funny. I mean, you just you don't listen to all of it, but you see it around. and uh, But you don't think much of it, obviously. That's the outside world and things. People have fun within, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, but when you're in the moment, it's week to week, practice by practice, rep by rep, literally rep by rep, of uh, just kind of trying to figure it out um, and get better. How do you disassociate yourself from the outside noise? Because, it, you know, I feel like that's one of those things where it's easier said than done. So how do you keep those narratives out of your head, out of that locker room? Um, I think uh, what people don't realize how easy for professional athletes, I think, to do that. I think they can, um, not to offend people, they just don't take a lot of weight yeah. with the whole, <laughs> a lot of those words don't mean a lot of things to people. But, uh, you know, so you're able just to focus on what you can do um, in the building with your teammates. Most of all, that's that's whose voices you're listening to. And that's really, in my position specifically, I was like, are you coming for a few games? Number one job was to have respect to those guys and do your job. and. Um, that was the most rewarding part. But when it comes from your general manager, does it hit different? Do you take it a little bit more up to snuff in that degree? I think he just uh, enjoyed getting you guys talking. <laughs> it's fair, he did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's one of his one of his, his very favorite qualities. one of his very favorite things on the menu, as a matter of fact. Um, but you guys know that about him, right? You you right. know and you you know that he he wants to be friends with every one of you, and he wants to stir the pot. How, how do you um, adjust to that? Or do you, does someone just give you a little manual when, you're, when you make a team and say, by the way, it, don't worry about anything Jerry says <laughs> unless he looks you in the eye and says it to you? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, for me, I've been here my whole career, so it's kind of all I know in terms of, you know, Jerry's world and Dallas Cowboys and how it works and operates. Uh, but guys do come in, and they notice it's different. Um, you know, they adjust. and But it's fun. There's no better place to play in a town that, it matters. The owner who loves it loves football, um, so it's great. All right, one more thing before we take our first break, and then uh, I, I really do want to go back and get into the mind of young Cooper Rush, who came here from Central Michigan, because uh, it's been nice. It's been a very interesting evolution for you from that point to this. But uh, I was in the locker room after the game last night, very quiet, as one would imagine. Uh, nobody was uh, very pleased about the result. Um, this is a team that fortunately has not had to taste a lot of that in this first half season. What's your observation about the way your team uh, experiences and processes that kind of disappointment? Uh, yeah, definitely stung. Um, you know, but we talked about in the locker room, coach said it too in there. Uh, you know, you need those type of games, close games, back and forth. Ebbs and flows, we're down, we're up, we're down, we're up, you know, we're going to overtime. Um, you need those games because in January and February, those, those games happen and matter. 
So it's something we can really grow from, I think, as a team. I think the locker room, full of veterans, full of leaders, at the end of the day, it counts as one. You can't let it carry over. And then you look ahead, and you got a really good Minnesota team, so there's really no time um, to dwell on it, and you know, we're already on to Minnesota. All right. Thank you, Mr. Belichick. We'll be right back <laughs> with uh, our special guest, Cooper Rush, on the Cowboys Hour from Connie Rosso in the Star District in Frisco. Coming right back. The Cowboys Hour presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your favorite Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. We are back here at Cane Rosso, joined by Cooper Rush, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, uh, some claps. We can do some claps. Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
Cooper, Brad teased to it earlier, uh, taking you back to your college days playing at Central Michigan. Right off the top, I want to ask you, what is a Chippewa? Uh, Native American. Okay. Yeah. okay. Mount Pleasant's on a reservation, yeah. Gotcha. Um, just your experience playing in Central Michigan, you talked about coming in as a freshman and that development that it takes to, you know, step up, lead big plays. Uh, what was that like, and I guess how did it prepare you for kind of what you did here with the Cowboys? Yeah, I was very fortunate to uh, play a lot of games. I was able to start for four years, um, and that experience has carried over in the NFL with not getting a lot of reps, not a lot of game reps for sure, um, of just having that in your bank. You've been in third and long. You've been in two-man drills. You've been you know, in college, but it's the same type of situations and how to handle those. Um, so, yeah, I was fortunate to get a chance early on as a redshirt freshman, and then um, – you know, I give credit to Coach Enos, who was there, and my head coach. He kind of stuck with me through the ups and downs of a growing young player, and he let me uh, continue to start, continue to grow. And, um, you know, I really look back at that experience. It was huge. Was uh, there a – I'm sorry. I just wanted to add, we, I, I bet we talked about this during your rookie year. Gary Hogaboom went to Central yeah. Michigan, didn't he? Yep. Did you ever meet him? You uh, no, know? I never okay. met him, no. Sorry. No, yep. you're good. Um, was there a moment – in that freshman campaign or even going into your sophomore campaign when you kind of recognize, I'm pretty good at this, my next step would be the NFL. Was there a moment that you can remember where you kind of started to shift your college career towards that? Uh, yeah, I would say it was my, my junior year. Um, we, had a, we had a good year that year, a good team. And on offense, we were, uh, we were kind of pretty really productive. We played our out-of-conference schedule really well. We played Michigan State tough, played Oklahoma State tough. That's some big-time games. There's big-time competition. We were throwing it well. That's kind of where I started realizing, you know, I think I can do this um, and uh, get looked at, get opportunity, got a lot of starts, um, you know, played well versus big teams. So that was when it first hit me that, you know, you might have a chance. How special was it to play, I guess, kind of for the hometown school for you being a Michigan guy? Yeah, it was awesome. I was you know, only an hour away from home, uh, made life easy for my parents, myself. Uh, it was uh, my only offer, my only chance, chance to go play D1. Um, so I was thankful for that. At a program that you know it's a smaller program, but it uh, a lot of tradition there. A lot of good players came out of there, um, and it's all about football. So it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, couldn't be happier with it. Did Michigan or Michigan State have any quarterbacks in your years at Central that made you look and say, and you don't have to name them, and just say to yourself, "Yeah, I'm better than that guy. They should have offered me." I don't remember who the Michigan guy was during that time. But <laughs> Michigan State's Connor Cook was very good. Uh, he had a hell of a career. Uh, but that was the guy that was at Michigan State when I was playing. Okay. All right. So um, other sports first. You you strike me as a guy who probably was pretty good at three or four sports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, played basketball all through high school and played baseball growing up. I stopped playing baseball after ninth grade. Uh, Why? Just got burned out with that, and just That's got to high got. school. I get burned out of baseball oh by like. Got girl. moved to third base. Got moved to third base, and <laughs> from what? Shortstop, and it was not nearly as fun. And the hot corner was different. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. and could could you hit? Yeah, then I was doing well, and started, got moved up to varsity, and then started seeing curves. Curveballs, yes, sir. It was over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, Point guard in basketball? No, uh, power forward, center. Small high school. I played center in um, the middle of a 2-3 zone. We were, we were a pretty good basketball team, good program, but uh, I liked playing down there in the post though, a lot. All right, so um, 
at Central, you're you're working in a pretty good offense. You're getting to throw the ball around a lot, and uh, and then you don't get drafted, despite having a really good career. Set all the records, didn't you? Yeah. Do you still hold the Central records? Uh, a couple of them, but yeah, I mean Dan Lefevre, the yeah, he's hard to catch in a lot of categories. Yeah, okay. but we're up there. Yeah, but so you're right up there. Um, were you surprised, or uh, were your feelings hurt at not being drafted? Uh, I wasn't surprised. We knew going in sixth, seventh round, or undrafted. If we were to get drafted, we knew it'd be late. Um, you know, a lot of the physical traits it takes to get drafted. You know, I didn't have. You know, nothing jumped out, um, and I knew that. We knew was what was going to happen, and uh, you know, got a call from here in Tampa, and um, my agent said we're going to Dallas. That's. <laughs> He just knew the situation. He said it was a good deal, and uh, so we went to Dallas and uh, worked out. But no, no, no hard feelings. Kind of knew knew what, knew what to expect. Knew what we were doing going in. It, that's kind of interesting. You say that too. That's something I always wonder: drafted versus undrafted. If it affects you know going into the locker room with some of the drafted guys, uh, how do you think that that's kind of helped shape your career? Going undrafted, having to go through that sort of adversity and being patient and waiting for your opportunities. Yeah, you have to battle. You know, no matter where you're drafted, really, you got to battle for spots. And especially when you're undrafted, you'll have to continue to do it for years on years on years, no matter how well you play. Um, you kind of got that label. You're undrafted or you're a late-round guy. Um, that's how they'll see you. So every year you you got to battle for it. And it's awesome to see, like, like this year we had, I think, four undrafted guys or three undrafted guys make the team. It was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, undrafted guys kind of all stick together a little bit. <laughs> a lot of them... Um, have chips on their shoulder about not being drafted. Some drafted guys who uh, didn't think they were drafted high enough are like that. But but certainly a number of undrafted guys use that as motivation. I don't know. Have you ever had a chip on your shoulder about anything? <laughs> yeah, I just um, a lot of guys use it more than others. I've a l I mean, a little bit. You know. You you know, you believe in yourself. I wouldn't say I needed it for motivation or anything like that. I'm a pretty self-motivated guy, and, you know, you're competing with yourself the most, and, you know, that kind of drives me, not really those other outside factors. But it's, uh, it's nice being undrafted and still being around. I wanted to ask you, because you kind of sparked my memory when you were talking about some of the undrafted guys in the locker room. Peyton Hendershot is kind of the one that jumps to my mind. Uh, with him and Jake, they are just like two peas in a pod, you know what I mean? But I feel like their personalities are so opposite of your personality. So what was it like getting to, you know, work with them and still at practice throwing to them and kind of uh, frickin' frack, I think is what Mike McCarthy described them as. Yeah, I couldn't be farther from Berg <laughs> in terms of personality. But, uh, he's awesome. They're both those guys are great from... He's, early, he's a little mini Travis Frederick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Wisconsin guys. But, yeah, yeah, early on, like, day one, OTAs, he's, you saw... Henny could run. Peyton could really run. You're like, okay, he can, he can run. He's got some juice. And then Fur can do it all block, just kind of a polished tight end. Um, and they've been great, obviously, coming in, playing a lot of ball as rookies. Um, and, you know, I got the right. I got to work with them early on the, on that second team. Um, so that definitely helped when, they're, when they're, we're both starting now. So your rookie year was 2017, right? Yep. So now Dak is established. He's had his breakout rookie year and – 16. Um, did Jason Garrett see see himself in you? And I don't mean just a redheaded, <laughs> undrafted quarterback. 
I don't know, maybe. Um, Did you ever have that conversation? No, but I was obviously very thankful for him believing me, one of the first guys to believe me in the league and um, trusting me and giving me a chance. Um, so you're here seven times. I'm trying to do this from memory, and uh, this is not a good day for me to try to do very much from memory. 17, 18, uh, when the new staff came in in 20, is that when you were released? Mm -hmm. Yep. And you wound up with the Giants after being out of work. How long? Uh, I got cut. They claimed me within 24 hours. I got signed by New York. And then they cut me week four of 2020. And then so that you, you're cut in camp, before camp? Uh, yeah, I got cut and signed a peace squad after camp up there. Right. And then uh, The reason yeah. I'm asking is that that, that year was so bizarre. You, there was no real camp. I mean, there was, yeah. but it was all here. That was the COVID year. Uh, the the real uh, impactful one. And and so I wonder what you thought your career... I'm actually going somewhere with all this. <laughs> I wonder what you thought your career was going to look like at that point. Yeah, that like you said, the 2020, no preseason games, not much practice. We had to do a ramp-up thing. And... Um, so it was obviously chaotic, and for guys on bottom third of rosters who need those games, need that tape, um, it really hurt a lot of guys. I think myself included. I think we had like one scrimmage, you know, and uh, so yeah, you know, at least was able to be on P squad up there. And then after week four, they cut me, and then you know, sitting at home for a few weeks, Dallas finally called, and we we're back at it. And was that after Andy got hurt and sick, so they needed somebody? Yeah, it was after. Uh, yeah, the Washington game we got hit. Right. Yep. Okay. So uh, now you've got to you've got to convince a whole new, except for Kellen and Nussmeyer, mm -hmm. w and they're probably the reason that you were back here, right? Yeah, for sure. So, but you got to you've got to convince the head coach and the rest of the offensive staff. Was that how was the pressure of that compared to making a team undrafted for the first time? Yeah, going back. So 2020 ends, and we're coming to 2021. It was kind of like reset. We've done this before. It's back to 2017. You're basically fourth on the roster, and you got to find a way to get on that roster. It was really back to square one. I kept, I remember writing it down, telling myself, you know, you've done this before, uh, nothing new. So just back to square one, treat it like you're undrafted, free agent, making a team, going through OTAs and the training camp, preseason games. Um, kind of treated the exact same, and having that experience I think really helped. I know you mentioned it was a pretty short time period between Dallas to New York and, and how that all played out, but the uncertainty of not knowing what's next, so to speak, can you speak on that a little bit and what that kind of was like? Yeah, I mean, it's middle of October, and you're sitting at home watching games on TV on Saturday and Sundays. It's something new, and, um, you know, you played ball on the weekends your whole life. So that was new, different. I think about four or five weeks. Um, but I think it overall it ended up helping me because it came back. You had a whole new perspective of, you know, you, I think I played a lot freer. You know, you've been out. Can't go any lower than that, right? You're out. <laughs> so you're back in it. I think you had a new, I had a new fresh look on things kind of. I think it let me play freer. And, um, you know, I think I was better for it. So you're, in, and we got to take uh, our next break. And I, I promise I really have a destination in mind <laughs> for this line of questioning. You're 26 at that point, right? 2020, a couple of years ago. And you, you now you're saying to yourself, well, you've been in this situation before. 
So it's, it's no big deal. You know how to handle it. But some people might say, I'm 26. I've been in this situation before. I don't have to. Why am I going through this again? What do you think was the deciding factor for you in being more positive in the way you looked at it? Um, just another chance, I think, seeing what life was without ball, without playing ball and having, having no job. You, you don't want to look to that future yet. You know, <laughs> I was not ready for that. Um, still not ready for it. And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was able to just kind of reflect and, you know, just kind of cut it loose more, just go play um, a little freer, um, enjoy it more, be around the teammates more. I think it just helped me grow as a person, as a leader. Um, so it was huge, you know, and that's how life works a lot for a lot of guys all across the league, different things in their lives that translate to helping them be better players. All right, that having no job, that's kind of where I'm going eventually with this. And I'm going to tie it back to what you have done already this season because um, I don't think that's going to be a situation you're going to be in again for uh, as long as you want it to be for a while. Anyway, uh, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. We're at Cane Rosso in the Star District in Frisco with our very special guest Cowboys quarterback, Cooper Rush, and we'll be right back.
Presented by Albertsons. Welcome back to the Cowboys Hour, presented by Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Brad Sham, alongside Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush. Brad, I'll hand it back All over right, to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and a reminder that uh, next Monday night, we will have no show. Why will we have no show? Why will we have no show, Haley? Thanksgiving. It's the already. Monday before Thanksgiving already? already. Are you kidding? No, we're not kidding. So no show next week, and we'll be back here in uh, in two weeks. And uh, for those of you who are here with us at Cane Rosso and who would like to ask Cooper a question, get it ready. We've got the microphone that'll uh, move amongst you, and uh, we'll grill Cooper Rush within an inch of his young life, <laughs> um, commencing immediately. So we, when last... In our last episode, um, Cooper's uh, out of a job, cut by the Giants, and uh, then there are injuries to the quarterbacks here. It's 2020, and um, he gets a call and comes back and, and gets, uh, gets a job here. And so now in 2021, you're in a... Uh, you're in a pitted death match with Garrett Gilbert for the uh, for the backup job, um, which which I think most people thought Gilbert was going to win. Going in, you didn't. But how did that situation and the fact that you wound up prevailing differ from the other situations that you had encountered? Um, is wasn't that? I mean kind of coincidence so Dak getting hurt that camp I think um allowed me to get a lot more reps um he hurt his lat so Garrett's taking the ones and I'm taking all the twos so tons of more reps at practice my rookie year that happened too we had a guy in there a guy got hurt and uh so I was taking every three rep all my whole rookie year it was just me Kellen Dak in camp so similarities that way I guess kind of catching a break due to injury and um getting a chance for more reps and more time on the field to, you know, show what you can do. And then I think we got, got into some preseason games and where, you know, the lights are on and you're just running the show, you're situational, it's real ball. Um, I think that's where I can be my best. You know, I'm not going to light it up, throwing routes on air and stuff like that and big arm, all that things. But uh, you get in a game, I think I can play quarterback. And those preseason games was able to play well. And so would, would you – quibble if someone described you as being a better game player than a practice player, which sometimes people think that means you don't practice well. doesn't mean that. It might mean that your particular skill set shows up better in a game situation. But is that a fair assessment of Cooper Rush? Yeah, I'd say so. You know, some of the intangibles of playing quarterback show up, um, you know, that you have to have. And the experience of playing it your whole life, having a feel for the game shows up, um, you know, like you said, it's not like I don't try to practice. Or anything like that. <laughs> no, funny. you kind of made it seem like he wasn't a no, practice. By, no, by the way, they, they said that about Dak as a rookie. You know, he just sure. was, for those of you who don't remember, Dak Prescott went to training camp in 2016 competing for the third job. So that all of this happened because opportunities <laughs> prevailed, much as was the case with you. And so now, now here we come forward and you had the Minnesota game now that changes a lot right changes things for you your perception of yourself mm -hmm. yeah um, like I said earlier kind of validates your 
your inner belief that you can go do this. You know, you don't get in game for all those years. It's like, you know, you start talking to yourself, can I do it if it happens? It's been a while, you know, all this stuff. So to just go out there and get a chance to go play. And I think I looked at it differently. You know, not that I wanted to wait that long, but getting to wait that long and being out of the league and coming back and now getting another chance, I think it kind of like you had nothing to lose type attitude. Just go play, be you. And um, I think that kind of helped me, helped me in that game and um, moving forward. Now here we come to camp. And uh, Will Rear's been around since last year, second round pick by Carolina. Uh, and so now he's learned the system. He's been here a year. Now the perception, I don't know if it was real or not, but the perception was that he was giving you a run for the number two job. Did you perceive it that way? Uh, yeah, I mean, in those competitions, you always perceive it that way. It's uh, always a competition. Um, Will had a great camp, good player. Um, like you said, kind of knew the system now. So it was a, you know, even battleground that way. And, um, no, yeah, every camp it's like that. I mean, that's just the name of the game for not just the backup QB role, but positions all over the field. Those, uh, those few weeks are, you know, big time, and um, you're always competing for them. And he got hurt, and he didn't get an opportunity to play very much in preseason, and you did, and you are number two going in, and now all of a sudden, here you are. And we'll just fast forward a little bit through a couple of games that you win, and suddenly the owner is making jokes, and no one knows if he's kidding on the square about maybe we'll have a quarterback controversy when Dak comes back. And how'd you how'd you like all that, by the way? Did that add any pressure to you? Did you and Dak really laugh laugh about that? Yeah, I think everyone kind of just laughed it off. I mean, I think Jerry laughed it off too. It's kind of <laughs> just a, you know, he did his job of getting us in the in the news and. Um, all the news. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, but 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 yeah, win. but he didn't have a chance to do that except except for how you were playing. In that, he'd have found something else. But <laughs> the but it, the the key was how you were playing. Yeah, we were playing well. A um, couple good games versus good teams. Um, and I think it really showed how strong we were as a unit, um, as a team. You know, defense picking us up. We're we're making just enough plays. You know, kind of everyone truly rallying together, and it showed. And sometimes. Um, teams have to do that, and we were able to do it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier going into that second game against the Bengals, you felt better after having the Vikings game in your back pocket. But then you started to notice when you speak to these guys, your teammates in the locker room, how complimentary they are of you. And not that that was a surprise, but just how much confidence did it continue to give you every week knowing that you stepped into this role, you had a, a group of guys in the locker room who were – going to battle for you, going to war for you, and had your back in those instances. Yeah, it's everything. Um, what those guys say about you and how they feel about you is everything. It's why you work hard. It's why you practice. It's why you do every rep the way you do it is to earn the respect to those guys. And uh, they did have our back. DQ, Dan Quinn always talks about on defense is one of their mottos, we have your back, and it showed. And it was awesome after those games of, you know, after the game of locker room with him saying, you know, I said, thank you, got my back, thank <laughs> you. And he's like, you know it, things like that. Um, but I think that's huge for every player, whether you're a starter or a backup, or when you're in there, to have that, knowing your teammates believe in you and have that confidence in you really elevates you as a player. Now, you have no way of knowing this, but uh, the first show uh, of in this uh, series this season, and we had to do the first couple uh, in the uh, studio before Haley was hired, uh, Demarcus Lawrence was on the show. We were talking about, well, Dax hurt and this and that, and he was so... He was very quiet. He was almost serene. 
He said, oh, but you don't know what we know. We've all got confidence in Cooper Rush. Did you know that before you took the field against Cincinnati? Yeah, I think uh, being around for a while, obviously having rapport with a lot of guys in the locker room and you know practice, they've seen me play. And um, I think that helped a lot. Um, and then them publicly saying it and, and going and showing it, having, a, having my back and having all, all of our backs and playing well together as a team. Um, I think it brought us closer. I think it was a big moment for us as a group. And then, uh, yeah, you just didn't want to, you just wanted to keep capitalizing on it. Yeah, they believe in you. Now you got to go do it, go play, and uh, just keep earning that respect. All right, here's where I'm wrapping this up that I've been trying. <laughs> Here we to go. <laughs> Two <laughs> more questions. The big finale. Two more questions. Uh, so, one is every player who comes to a camp believes in himself as a player. Maybe not. Uh, with the demonstrated confidence of having done it for a while, but every player believes he can play in a league. And I've never met one, I have, I've only been doing this 44 years, but I've never met one that uh, said, you know, I can be a backup tight end in this league. Everybody wants to start. So you now have proven that you can start at quarterback and win games in the NFL. Where's your personal proving yourself now as a starter and getting the opportunity to be a starter uh, where are you on that meter um, yeah I mean it's going to be you know every year it'll always be you got to win the backup job and then now you know I remember writing down win the back you know first it was like make the team be the three be the two and now, you know, playing a little bit, getting confidence, now you can go, go start. And uh, you always had that confidence in yourself and getting to go do it and seeing it in action um, and learning, you know, it wasn't perfect. Um, you know, a lot of plays you want back and you learn from and just constantly growing. That's kind of the real thing is, you know, whether you're backup or starting, I just want to constantly be growing as a quarterback, um, you know, on and off the field in the locker room. And uh, that's kind of the goal right now. So here's the final question. Um, can we give you a drum roll? If you like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So who know there are so many things that especially at the quarterback position that go into deciding who gets a chance to be a starting quarterback let alone who becomes a starting quarterback sometimes it's politics sometimes it's salary it's all kinds of stuff my assertion is that what you have done I know you're you're noticeably reluctant to use the pronoun i but what you have demonstrated, proved, by being given a chance and making the most of it is, uh, I think you've set your family up for the rest of your life. I think that you're going to have an opportunity to be at the least, at the very worst, you can be Colt McCoy or Chase Daniel or one of those guys who plays 12 or 15 years as a backup quarterback and makes a lot of money, what some people would consider a lot of money. How do you react when I say that? Yeah, it's the goal is to play as long as I can. Um, you know, it was awesome seeing Cole. I was with Colt in New York. Uh, it was awesome seeing him play yesterday, play really well. It was sweet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just want to play as long as I can, whether it's starting, being a backup, and just getting the chance to get on the field. You want to be in it, you want to be in it, you want to be in it. Whether that's practice squad role, I tell guys that are on P squad now, young guys, like, you're in it. A lot of stuff can happen. You don't want to be at home right now. So, you know, things like that, just be involved, whether you're playing, whether you're helping out, whether you're backing up. 
That's the goal. Play as long as I can. The humblest quarterback in the league might be Cooper Rush, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back with Cooper when we continue with your questions on the Cowboys out. to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to Cane Rosso, home of the Cowboys Hour, which, by the way, is presented by Papa John's. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. We are wrapping things up here with quarterback Cooper Rush. <laughs> I always like seeing how it builds every now and then, and I think, Brad, we're going to take some questions from callers. I'm ready. Hello, Cooper. My name is Rambo. So I know your teammates are a great support system as far as motivation goes. Has Tony Romo ever given you any advice having to uh, do as far as being thrown in the spotlight 
like you have the past uh, year or so? Yeah, the first time I met Tony was actually before the, the Cincy game. You know, he's doing the game for CBS. We had the production meeting, and uh, it was awesome talking to him. He right away, first thing he said, you watch practice, and first thing he said, oh, you, you know how to play. You'll be fine. I know quarterback traits, and you got them. And that's, you know, that, was, that was pretty cool to hear him say that. He was super relaxed about it, just saying, hey, you, you can play. Go trust in it. And uh, that was my first experience with him, and um, it was very helpful. Yeah, he just signed an eighteen million dollar contract. He can be very, he can be loose with the compliments. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, when you were sitting around contemplating, looking for the next job, waiting for the for the next phone call, um, what what you your thoughts have to go to? Well, if nobody calls, then I will. Yeah, it was. Uh I still don't have an answer. Didn't have an answer then and still don't now. And I love your wife's reaction to yeah, that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, not the, not the best time. And uh, But like I said, I think it offered some perspective for me and really helped me grow as a person player. Well, maybe the, maybe the better way to ask the question is what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm doing it. That's the thing. Yeah, but you can't do this forever. <laughs> they're, they're, someday, you and me both, pal, they're going to invite us to not do this anymore. Right. Um, I really don't know. So, um. What would you want to be when you were a kid besides an athlete? I wish I had better answers. I, I mean... I have a hard time answering that question, too, though, yeah, because I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I, mean, I barely knew what I wanted to do in college. I have a good degree. I got an actual science degree. You can go make money doing that in the insurance industry and stuff like that, but not not the plan. Coaching? Uh, Going to want to stay away from it <laughs> if, if possible. Because? It's a it's brutal life. I'm, you know, the family, a lot of hours. and um, It's something you know, though. It's football, and you know it, and you're good at it. But, man, it's – you think we work hard. Those guys. No, I know. Yeah. I know. But I'm not trying to take – I'm not trying to take him away from the family. <laughs> trust me. But the d the time might come, <laughs> and someday it probably will, when you'll say, "And what is it that you have lined up to do?" Because you know, the, we the house isn't big enough. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> how about high school coaching? You strike me as someone who would really be good at transmitting fundamentals and character building and that kind of thing. And, yeah, and I mean, it's and there's a lot less travel. Yeah, it's a lot a uh, lot more relaxed. Uh, Unless it's down here, but uh, <laughs> where, I'm from, where I'm from, it's a lot more relaxed and uh, a lot more fun. Uh, it's funny, actually, my buddy, I still talk to him in high school. He's a high school coach at um, where I went to high school. Where we went to high school, and he just sent me over the huddle of their pl last playoff game. He goes, I need you to look at this. We lost. And I haven't looked at it yet, but I plan on it, and who knows. Okay. Yeah, get, I got to talk to Witten. Yeah. He's doing great this year. Yeah. Big year for him. Yeah. Hi, Cooper Rush. Uh, my name's Caden, and um, I wanted to ask, I know you played for the Giants for a while, and um, I wanted to ask, what's your thoughts about leading the Cowboys? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, to get uh, not just a one-game stint, but like a four- or five-game thing of like, hey, you're the guy, uh, it was awesome. You had to remind yourself, you know, you've been a starting quarterback your whole life. Um, go act like it, and kind of found a rhythm, and um, you know, it was pretty cool looking back. And during, during it, it's like, this is pretty sweet. You're starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you always thought you'd be there, but also you thought 
I probably shouldn't be here, but it was uh, it was pretty cool. Wait, say more about that. I mean, you're just a kid growing up. You want to be that, but I mean, the chances, the numbers, I'll say no. Kind of my upbringing, I wasn't some five-star recruit that you know got recruited everywhere and not high draft pick things like that's what I mean by that. And um, but at the same time, you had that inner belief of this is at the same time this is where you belong. Okay, uh, so the experience in New York gave you a frame of reference. People, I've, I've talked to players who, you know, are, spend a little time with different teams and they're surprised at everything about how uh, things work differently in other organizations from, uh, you know, where you have lunch to the structure of meetings and everything. What was the biggest contrast? Uh, you know, I wish I got a, you know, obviously it wasn't there long, but it was the COVID year, so it was a little... Yeah, not fair. Obviously not fair, but I would say that's an organization that, you know, fans care, the city cares. It's all, you know, so I didn't get a taste of, you know, of a place where, you know, maybe football is not number one because um, obviously that's a storied, storied franchise and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, guy, like you said, guys come here and it's a little different. And, um, but like I said, it's fun and there's no better place. I want to ask you about your wife because I keep catching eyes with her, but you talked earlier about how She's special married, it though, was. Yeah. <laughs> never well, mind. I'm sorry. I'm just okay. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Regardless. Highly inappropriate. Uh, you talked about uh, how special it was to have the support of your teammates, but to have the support of that teammate, how special has that been? Uh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, taking care of the little one right now, uh, you know, that, that role that she plays is huge. Um, you know, having that support there and then my family at home and um, all of them working together, getting along. And, you know, it's uh, it's huge. It's why you're here. Everyone needs it. And, uh, you know, definitely thankful for it. What do you do to chip in with the little guy? Uh, we know we go on walks and I change a lot of diapers. I change her diapers a lot. Um, <laughs> Are they watching film right now? <laughs> yeah, she's... Uh, <laughs> Look, yes, oh. she is. Touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's big into cars right now, the, mo the movie Cars, so that's probably what's on it. And she has no idea what you do, does she? Or cares. Or <laughs> cares. But that's the good, That, by the way, that'll be the good news, you know, as you go along. Tough game, you walk in the door, even your loving wife doesn't know quite how to approach <laughs> you, what kind of mood you'll be in. Yep. They don't care. Daddy's home. That's yep. all they need to know. Right, I know. It's all good in their world, so... Uh, Makes it good in yours. How's it been being a father and just balancing this game and being at home and, and taking care of her? How how has that kind of shifted your focus, I guess? Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Like you said, it offers just another thing, another perspective of life and um, just another aspect of it. And, you know, she's great. She's a pretty easy baby. Um, so knock on wood, right? And then, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's Don't been good. That. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's been fun. Um, you know, and you're learning in that environment, too. And. You're enjoying every day. What's harder, being the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys or being a dad? Dad, for sure. <laughs> dad, for sure. <laughs> no question. Yeah. You get blitzed every play. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the great reasons to, in the in the minute or so we have left, to come out to Connie Rosso on a Monday night, a lot of great screens up. Philadelphia, Washington tonight. Um, what are your thoughts about the division race? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some good football being played, obviously, Philly undefeated, um, really good football team, top to bottom on both sides of the ball, and then New York's playing really well. Uh, and then Washington's no joke, especially on defense. They got dudes everywhere. Um, 
So the NFC East is uh, showing out this year, and it's it's going to be fun all the way to the end. Okay, the music means we got 30 seconds to say <laughs> thank you very thank you, much Cooper. for your time. Appreciate thank it. you for bringing your family. Thank you for letting him come out tonight. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. And Haley, to you, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Back at you. And ya. to all of you, happy Thanksgiving. And we will see you right back here in two weeks on the Cowboys Hour at Cane Rosso in the Star District in Frisco. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!